are continuing our series in Romans. Uh, We're in Romans 14 today. And I have entitled this sermon, We Are All in This Together. Uh, We were talking this morning about how the last kind of few chapters of Romans are kind of how we live our daily life as Christians. Um, This section of scripture is about getting along with each other. It's not about behavior um, that we all know our sins. He's covers that in the past. But this is about lifestyle choices that Christians make um, that God has called us to. Um, it's also about how we deal with other Christians that are making different choices than we do. So here's your first Slack question. This is kind of a fun one. What are some activities that are seen as wrong by some Christians and okay by other Christians. So I'll give you an example. Our friend Gary Brickle, a couple weeks ago, encouraged us all to go see the Jesus Revolution movie. It's apparently an excellent portrayal of what the Jesus Revolution was doing in the 70s. Gary was a part of it. He was really excited about it. But the reality is, in the 70s, there was a lot of Christians that would have said, you're not allowed to go to the movies. So that's the kind of thing I'm looking for, okay? Um, And here's the thing, you need to ask the Lord what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. That answer might be different for uh, for different people. We actually have whole denominations that have come up around these things. Uh, So let's look at what some of the things the church in Rome was disagreeing about. Romans 14, 1 through 9. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person only eats vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains. And let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats. For God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for uh, for the Lord is able to make him stand." One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all the days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord. Since he gives thanks to God, while, uh, while the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and give thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die... We die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. So it is clear by the scripture that, not all, that we're not all going to agree on the behavior that is permitted for Christians and what behavior isn't permitted or which, what's off limits. Um, so there are some things in the Bible, obviously, that we know are sin. We looked at them earlier in Romans. But there are certainly areas of the Bible that w- where uh, it just remains silent on some of our behavior. And it's left to our own interpretation for whether we should or should not engage in certain activities. This can be really frustrating for those who want a list of rules and regulations. So for some people who are like, you just tell me, as a Christian, I can't do this, 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 or this, and then I know all I have to do is follow these rules. Um, This is why legalism is actually quite comfortable for some, but it's very off-putting for other people. The reality, though, is that God does not want you to be living a life following the rules. He wants you to live a life 
in obedience to him, which you achieve by being in relationship with him and listening to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. How you live isn't judged by what you do, but by whether you are living a life that is obedient to God's call for you. And I get that from verse 8. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. The problem was not necessarily that they were not agreeing with each other as to what was right and what was wrong. It was that they were judging each other. And just because you're different from your fellow church member doesn't give you the right to judge. All right, let's see what you guys think from Slack. I got to go back. Uh, My parents didn't let me watch Batman cartoons when I was a kid. That is truly a tragedy. I think I was in love with the real Batman when I was about eight or nine. Um, Violent movies, right? Uh, That's actually a big thing. Movies, televisions, the things we watch. What some people find off-pitting, other people are like, it's no problem. Um, I like action movies, but I can't stand violence, so I have to watch things with Derek a little bit like this, and then he can tell me when I can look at things again. Um, Oh, yep. Calling the Pope God's supreme representative representative on earth. That's a big one, right? And then, um, yes, friends' wedding, the Pentecostal weddings. I remember my brother and I got married um, seven weeks apart. Uh, He rocked the boat by having wine at his wedding, and I rocked the boat by having dancing at my wedding. And, uh, yeah, it was wild and crazy. All right. Uh, Lots of good answers in there. Um, There is only one person who's qualified to judge our behavior. Romans 14, 10 to 12 says, Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Do not pass judgment. God is the one to judge based, God is the one who judges based on our action, not on our action, sorry, but on our heart directions towards God. It's about our heart, not about following a list of rules. So then some people use this as an excuse of like, oh, well, then you can't tell me what to do. Who are you to judge what I'm doing? I can do what feels right to me or what feels wrong. What might feels wrong to you might feel right to me, right? So our second question is, how can we walk the line between passing judgment on someone and not encouraging them in their weak behavior? Romans 14, 13 to 19 says, therefore let us not pass judgment on one another any longer but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it's unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. So do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Um, How do we walk that line between not judging other people, but calling them out on things that we think aren't helpful, aren't uh, like edifying for them? 
Um, so I, I have an example for you. My friend Beth is here today. She, I used to say she's my oldest friend, but now that we're getting old, I just say she's my longest friend. Uh, Beth and I met when I was 14. I, um, she was at the Christian school that I had to attend when I got kicked out of the regular school that I had been attending. So I show up at the Christian school, and you guys have heard me talk about the uh, floral print dress issue that I was going through when I was a teenager and how I always felt a little bit not um, out of place and that kind of thing. So I arrive at the Christian school. I meet Beth. Beth is like pretty close to perfect. She's kind of like the girl version of Derek, you know? She like never does anything wrong and she grew up in a Christian family and she, her parents were these amazing people who just loved the Lord and poured out into people all over the place. So I show up and I'm like, here I am, we become friends. We would go for lunch down at this, there was this restaurant, we called it Greasy Harry's. I don't even know what it was actually called, but we'd go for lunch. Anyway, I had this bad habit. I picked up this habit of smoking. Yes, <laughs> it's a terrible, terrible thing. And in all of my teenage righteousness and my deep theological studying, I said, there's nowhere in the Bible it doesn't say that you can't smoke. Who are you to tell me I can't smoke? But here's the thing. Beth knew that smoking was not actually good for me, based on maybe some other scriptures in the Bible. And so um, where other people were judging me and calling me out, she did a pretty smart thing. It was the 80s, yes, a great time when the Toronto Blue Jays were very close to winning the World Series. So when I was about 16, she said to me, if the Jays win the World Series, will you quit smoking? And I said, sure, I'll quit smoking if the Jays win the World Series. And guess what? They did not win the World Series, so I didn't have to quit smoking. So we kept going on in life, and uh, she, we, we both left the Christian school. She graduated from one, one high school in Scarborough. I graduated from another, sort of, not really. She went off to university in um, Chicago. I took a year off to grow up, went to visit her, thought university is way more fun than high school. My mom and dad were like, please, if you will go to a Christian school, we will pay for you to go. And it was in BC, it felt certainly far enough from my family, so off I went to university. But it was, it was a Christian university, but I didn't really change my behavior, so I was still smoking. The summer between my second and third year, I had a real encounter with God. And he said to me, it's time for you to stop having one foot in the world and one foot in my kingdom. Choose now, you pick. So I examined all the things that I had gotten up to and all the things I'd screwed up and went, you know what? It's time for me to make God the Lord of my life, not just my savior, which I had done when I was 10, but actually Lord of my life, to listen to the things he was calling me to and the behaviors he was calling me to. But anyone who's ever done it knows that smoking is actually not a really easy thing to stop. So I'm, I'm in this place, I'm kind of wrestling with the things God's called me to. And uh, in, I get this phone call in the fall of 1992 from Chicago. Beth calls me in British Columbia and says, the day after, she says, 
Uh, the Jays won the World Series yesterday, and you promised me that you would quit smoking if the Jays won the World Series. Boom, cold turkey that day. Only because of God's help. But what, it, what I learned from that is that when we love someone, these are the things I learned. First of all, you need to earn a voice in someone else's life. Beth loved me even when I did smoke. She didn't like I smoked, but she still loved me even when I did smoke. She was always there for me. Then you have to let them know, you know what, this is not really great, but doing, do it without judging them, without making them feel bad. Love them unconditionally. And then be in it for the long run. How is she going to know that six years later, when I was in BC and she was in uh, Chicago, that the, G the Jays were going to win the World Series? And that was the thing. What was actually happening was the Holy Spirit in Beth was connecting with something the Holy Spirit was doing in me. And that was the perfect timing for it. She was just an instrument of the Lord. Um, okay, let's say you're me in the above story. There are lots of things that society says are fine. They're normal. They're okay. And they're not specifically condemned in the Bible. However, there's something in us as Christians that we, we say our Christian sensibilities don't approve of them. So how are we to determine whether this is just something that, yeah, okay, whether you like to play cards or I like to play cards, don't like to play cards, or you go to movies and I don't go to movies. You know, some of the things I'm thinking about are, well, obviously smoking in itself. Marijuana use is a big thing today that society says, it's fine, it's legal, you can do it. Drinking is another thing, right? If I have a glass of wine at dinner, is that fine? Well, what if I use wine to solve some of my problems because I don't want to go up, I don't want to uh, think of things. And then pornography is another one where we say, oh, it's fine, nobody's getting hurt. But is it really? Or is it something that's hurting us? How can we know if we are weak? If we're the weak person in this thing? And I look at verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you are not experiencing peace and joy in some of the behaviors that you're engaged in right now, I would challenge you to ask the Holy Spirit if that's something he's calling you to give up, no matter what it is. If that's something that's having you behave in a weak manner, because God doesn't want us to behave in a weak manner. The Holy Spirit wants us to have peace and joy. The other thing, though, is we need to recognize that the Holy Spirit works on each of us in our own timing. So when we love someone, we accept them right where they are without passing judgment on them. And then from there, uh, we can help them to realize that they might be walking in weakness in a particular area. Let's look at Slack. I also think that God doesn't just want to hand out a list of rules, wander off, then come back when you die and see if you nailed the checklist or not. He wants a personal relationship with each person, and that involves talking, growth, mistakes, and love, and is different for each person. Absolutely. 
And I, I think that goes back to my point. We need to recognize that we're all on a bit of a different path. And what I might think God is, is requiring for me is different from someone else. Having a relationship with someone who struggles makes a difference in your ability to help them see whether something is good for them or hurting them. We're not the judge, but we can help people see what's hurting them. Absolutely. Rule following is a good thing. Uh, okay. <laughs> Relationships is key. Yeah, relationship is key. Without it, context can be warped. Absolutely. And it really does come down to our relationship with another person, whether or not we're able to help them work through the things that God is doing, or whether we need to just keep our mouth shut and let the Holy Spirit work in them. Sometimes we're the weak ones, and we need the support of others. Sometimes we're the strong one, and we can be the support to others. Romans 14, 20 to 23 says, Do not, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. The faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats, because the eating is not from faith. For whatever, pass, for whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. So even if it's not sin for someone else, if God's told you not to do it, then it's sin for you. It's not about eating. It's about obedience and disobedience to God. Verse 23 says, oh, I didn't ask slack question three. I'm sorry. Here's slack question three. What is an area of strength? I'm like, I missed it. What is an area of strength that you have that will allow you to help others. Um, so again, even if you, even if it's sin for, if it's not sin for someone else, if God's called you not to do it, then it's sin for you because that's an obedience versus disobedience. In verse 23, it says, but whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats because the eating is not from faith for whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. We can all be strong in some things and weak in others. Okay, so Rob cautioned me about sharing this, so I'll tell you in the end why. Um, I don't struggle with smoking anymore. That's something the Lord delivered me from miraculously that day. But I do have struggles still. A Big Mac is not love. <laughs> That's what Derek tells me. When I've had a really, really bad day, and I am looking for some comfort and some love. I like to eat a Big Mac. But a Big Mac is not love. A big chicken, I had the chicken Big Mac, still not love, let me tell you. Here's the thing, the problem is not the Big Mac. You can definitely eat a Big Mac, that's not the problem. The problem is that I am using the Big Mac as a substitution for going to God with the hurt and the pain and the things that I have in my life. So when God says to me, don't eat a Big Mac, he doesn't mean Big Macs are bad for you, though they are, though I'm sure they have cocaine in them because they <laughs> taste so good. What he's saying is, bring your burdens to me. 
bring the things that you use as a vice or something to um, soothe yourself, bring that to me, and I want to do, I want to take care of that. Um, Rob's like, now people are going to like smack a Big Mac out of your hand when they see you eating it. So if there is ever Big Macs at a potluck and I'm eating it, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Here's the thing. It's not just Big Macs. There's other things too, right? So um, my dad is the king of good deals on groceries. So I don't know if it's because he had 18 kids, but he actually gets some sick and twisted joy out of like, getting like 30 cans of mushroom soup in my house, but it's fine. But one of the things he likes is you go buy the half-priced baked good rack, and it's baked goods, and it's half-price. These are the two great joys in my father's life, which was fine when he lived in the basement in Ajax, but we let him upstairs when we moved to Beaton, and he would put the half-priced baked goods right there on the counter. And I would walk by after having a bad day, and I would see the half-price baked goods, and I wouldn't think, Holy Spirit, do a work in me and heal me. I would eat the half-price baked goods because they're there and I want them. And so I had to say, Dad, it is your right. You are absolutely right. It is your right to buy half-price baked goods. It's your right to have them. But I am weak in this area, and I need you to either not buy the half-price baked goods or hide the half-price baked goods from me. And here's the thing. My dad has a choice. He can be like, forget it. There's nothing wrong with half-price baked goods. They're good. I can still buy them. That's my right. I'm not, like, sinning if I buy half-price baked goods. But he doesn't because he loves me and he wants what's best for me. So he gives up his right to have price baked goods, though they might show up at potlucks again, um, and he puts them away. And that's the thing that we're called to do in community. And it might not be half price baked goods, it might be something else that you know is your right to do, but when you engage in it, you're actually hurting your fellow brother and sister. Let's look at our slides, at our slides, at Slack. Question three. <laughs> this is why we should pray for our sports teams. You never know the bets that are riding on those games. It's true. Maybe someone else will be delivered. Um, There are what we may see as behaviors that are not edifying in a Christian, but that the people in, a, in it sees their entire identity, and not just a behavior that they can change. Issues of gender identity and sexual identity, these are the most challenging ones, absolutely. Some that ways that we can help other people. Listening skills, so important. You don't know what's going on in someone else's life until you actually take the time to sit and listen to them and hear what they're saying. Um, I have strength in how I do things wrong so I can advise people what doesn't work. <laughs> Absolutely. Comes from someone who's walked the journey already. There are some of us who have gone through things, and God is going to use those things 
to help other people get to a place of deliverance and a place of healing. Um, and a commercial for Bible study tonight. Um, I didn't eat bacon for a year because I was told I was offending God. Also, if I didn't observe the Sabbath on Sunday. I then asked God to guide me once I left the church, and he told me that in many places, uh, he t and left the church, and he took me to many places, including a lot of these verses. I think we need to make sure that we're not living under someone else's legalism, that we need to check what God is actually calling us to and check with other people. Someone else says, I'm good at listening to what people need, but not so good at asking them how I can help. And that's important too, right? Sometimes we come with all the answers and let me tell how you how you can live your life better, but we need to listen to what they want and how we can help them. It is so important that we realize that we are all in this together. Sometimes we will be the stronger person and we'll have to give up our rights in order to help someone who is struggling through something. Sometimes we're gonna be the weaker person that needs help from those in the congregations. And sometimes, like I said, we'll be a weak, we will be the person who used to be weak and now is strong. And then we get the privilege of coming alongside those who are where we were and saying, don't worry, follow me. I know that God is faithful, and I will walk with you through this journey. Let's pray. God, we are all in this together. Yes, there are some things that you've called us to that aren't sin, but if we need to give those up to help those in our community, Lord, I pray that we would, that we would be humble, that we would be faithful, that we would be loving. Lord, I also pray for those right now who are struggling with something that um, you need to deliver them from, Lord, whatever it is, that you would bring those alongside them who can walk with them through that journey, that will extend love, that will extend grace, but that will also hold them accountable to stop the things that they're doing that hurt them. Holy Spirit, you are our guide in all of these things, so may we learn to hear your voice. May we always be attuned to that. And will you give us the strength to walk in the things that you have called us to do and the grace when we fail to try again. Be with us all in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Have a fantastic week. Um, and I will see you guys all back here next week for the conclusion of our jaunt through the book of Romans. Have a great week.